no, really. What are friends for? Friends are for having someone come look for us when we're nowhere to be found. I'm Pallavi Sastry. Ooh, and I'm Pallavi's best friend, Gabrielle Ruiz. Go on. I just wanted to come up with something that was inspired by today. You know, it's uh, we're we're doing we're releasing this on Halloween, and you and I are both actually not fans of Halloween, which I love to commiserate about that with Halloween. you in the traditional sense, right? In like the the dressing up and trick or treating and whatnot. But give me a great story, and I will be into it. And that's what mm-hmm. we're doing today. Mm-hmm. No, I love I love true crime. <laughs> I love true crime mysteries. I love I, I love them more than the fictional ones because the fictional ones do make me paranoid when I am inside my house and I'm outside my house. So the real ones for sure. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it also makes me question things about relationships. You know, especially like the one we're going to talk about today, which is like so friendship centric, mm-hmm. and we're just like, oh my god, this is so perfect. And it's like got that real world application amount of like friendship uh, skills that we have to like listen for and like, you know, uh, how well do we know our friends is really the question that come up, came up for me when yeah. I was listening to this story. So um, I'm really excited to get into it, but mm. I want to hear your flex and your fucked first. Hey friends, go, go on, on and flex. flex. Yeah. Uh, my flex is my ankle was sprained based on us recording this on September 15th. It was sprained about two weeks ago and um, it's miraculously healing just fine. Like I'm walking around and I can give myself some credit because, you know, this is Broadway, bitch. Like I know how to get back and recover and my feet, you know, I've had many feet injuries, but I've never sprained my ankle before, like 20 year dance career. And I'm walking off my porch, sprained my ankle for the first time. And, um, I've been dunk icing it. Like if you guys know what dunk icing is, or if you don't basically stick your foot in a bucket of ice with a little bit of water and get it really cold. And I, I was doing it three times a week and sorry three times a day. And uh, my podiatrist was like, I can't believe it's so it's doing so much better. So I'm quite proud of myself. Well, I have to tell you that you are a very disciplined person. And I've always admired that about you. So this is not at all surprising. And also, I wanted to give you a compliment and be like, you're healing because you're Wonder Woman. (laughs) (laughs) Polly coming through with the deliveries today. (laughs) <laughs> Nowhere to be found. <laughs> like I was ready for the <laughs> for the evil laugh. <laughs> I'll do it for you next time. I'll do Thank it for you. So you. Much. But the um, Wonder Woman compliment, I appreciate it. Oh. What was fucked is I've mentioned this before on what on wanting to unpack on this season about getting kicked out of our former church. What a good line, right? It's like it gets to the point. It's exactly what happened. Um, I'm still mourning the loss of my friendships from our church, like debacle. And um, what is fucked specifically about this week is one of those friends who I'm still friends with and became friends because of that church. Um, now outside the church, I, I asked that friend, I was in a pinch to find a babysitter for Mercedes. And and that person came over and it was so wonderful to see them. Philip got home and that person stayed later and they talked and it just hurts, man. It still hurts. Mm. Yeah. Like the, even though the person was there and was helpful to you and was very friendly and you could like reminisce on that, like the, it was a reminder. Is that what you're saying? It's really nice to start creating new relationship memories, but there is still the vast 99% of the memories and the relationship is built on Sunday mornings or things that are church related that we are literally forbidden to go to. Mm. And, um, 
Yeah. So it's just that person had not unpacked what happened or processed what happened with Philip yet. So I left when they started talking about it because it's just like I can't, I can't be in this. Well, I I, I can, Got but it. it's it's just fucked. It's still fucked. It's been what are we in September? It's been nine months. It's gonna take a while. It's a death. So like friendship death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And they're they're just as hard as any other yeah uh relationship so yeah uh i'm sorry to hear that that is pretty fucked thanks yeah it is um well my flex is i traveled to bentonville arkansas over the weekend to screen land of gold at welcoming week which is this like nationwide dei focused organization and they have like chapters in many regions and the whole week is sort of dedicated to making people in the community feel like they belong like you know asking them questions about themselves and like introducing them to new people and it's this like really beautiful thing and I really love like learning about like unexpected sort of like artistic progressive oasis like Bentonville Arkansas because nobody thinks of Arkansas that way but like this place is really lovely like that long story short we're visiting uh, on one of the days before we left, we were walking through this really cute part of town and we walked into this chocolate shop and there was um, a lovely woman with like pink hair behind the counter who was wor- working the chocolate shop. And um, I'm looking, you know, to see what chocolate I want to buy, I go up to the counter and I say, what's your favorite thing? And she immediately, before she even answered my question, she goes, I just really want to tell you that you are absolutely beautiful. <gasps> She couldn't, she couldn't <laughs> move on until she said that. She just, she was and compelled. I was like, oh, um, I was like blushing. <laughs> I was like taken aback. I was like, thank you. She was like, I saw, and she kept going. I saw you walk by earlier and I really hoped <gasps> you would come in. She's in love. She's in love with <laughs> not you, but you. I, right. I was like. This is so flattering. It's like not something I'm used to. So I was just like not sure what to do. I was like, thank, thank you. Oh, you said thank <laughs> and you. And I That's was like, and all I could think of is like, I can't wait to tell my husband. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and you didn't do any like, oh, you're out of your mind. You're crazy. You didn't like. No. I the love. Okay, good. I did not. No, I just said, thank you so much. That's so nice. (laughs) Oh, that's wonderful. That's so kind. Yeah. Yeah. I I love saying that to people that thank you. That's so kind of you. Yeah. So uh, that's my flex. I just (laughs) flex. Because, you know, what is my love language? Best friend, Gabrielle? Compliments. (laughs) Words of affirmation. All the compliments. Um, and this person didn't even know it but anyway what was fucked is I I sort of alluded to this before I hate Halloween I'm not even a big sugar person I like chocolate but I'm not a big like sugar person outside of it that you know so it's not even something I can look forward to about this bogus holiday but um, I do have a slightly disturbing story that gives me the heebie-jeebies and it starts with a few months ago when we were just like about to go to sleep and then we hear this like scratching noise in 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 our roof like this above our room and we're just like what the fuck and so we had the pest guy come over and they're like there's definitely something up there still don't know what it is and um and then Did you still have to pay him when he said that the, that same 
No, he he's he, we we've worked with this person a long time, so he didn't. Okay, good. Didn't, yeah, but he was Sorry. like, the only way to fix this is if we cut a hole in your ceiling and I put a tube in it to vacuum everything out of the attic. And we were like, yeah, that's not happening right now because we were about to like go to New York for two weeks, and we're like that's not happening. And then that night after he left, we heard this. We were like, we heard this growing, and then we heard a thud, and we we're like. Oh my God, what is up there? What is up there? We don't know. It could be a possum. It could be a raccoon. It could be uh, like a mouse. It could be tons of mice. I don't know. Um, And so then um, fast forward to uh, a month later, we didn't hear anything a little while. We were like, oh, where are they? Could they be in the house? And so we kept on like, you know, wondering Mm -hmm. that they moved to the house. And then um, finally yesterday, um, my husband lifts, he's, he tells me I'm going to take your car in for servicing because it's giving me issues. I was like, mm, I mean, I just drove it yesterday, so I don't know what you're talking about, but you know, that's what husbands are for, right? It's for them to notice things about the car. So I don't have to think about it so I can just drive it. And so mm-hmm. he opened up the hood mm-hmm. of the car and there's like droppings everywhere. So we're like, <gasps> they've moved <gasps> to the car. <laughs> so that's what? what's fucked right now. Was it mouse poop? I don't know. We still don't know what kind of poop it is. Listen, I know someone that had to basically gut their car because a spider created a web in it. Mm. Yeah, I don't, I, but it's at the shop right now. So we're going to find out soon. But anyway, that's my fuck Stay for the tuned week. to this mystery. <laughs> Speaking of mysteries, we are so excited about our guest. I mean, Tribeca baby. Pallavi, tell us. Yeah, so uh, I had a film at Tribeca this year, as we know. This is where I premiered my film, Land of Gold. And while we were sitting in the awards ceremony, they had a new category that I didn't know they had, which is a podcast or audio um, medium uh, to honor those that had put together um, narrative storytelling on um, podcast medium. And so the uh, jury mention, like the honorable mention for this year is uh, a great show called I Was Never There. And we would like to welcome the creator of that show. Podcast creator, mom, producer, activist, mentor, Jamie Zellermeyer. Welcome to the program. Hi. Hello. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much. I feel so honored to be asked. <laughs> so I'm excited. Yeah, we're all sort of, I think, uh, interconnected through the hoo-ha-ha community, yes? Yes, I did a show called Half-Life, which is about working mo- a working mom in New York City in the film business. And um, we were so thrilled that Hoo Ha Ha put it, gave it a second life. It's a great, fun show about, as we all, things we all know about were many of us being a working mom in this business, which is uh, not easy. Not easy. No, it's not. It's not easy. And your mom are the co-hosts of I Was Never There. Is that correct? We are. My mom is 73. And... um, she is the co-host and the story is a about my mom's best friend who disappeared in the 1980s but it's also a story about our relation the mother-daughter relationship and kind of looking back at how we were parented in the 70s and 80s which was for many of us kind of nuts and hands-off and um my mom had never made a podcast before and she has a lot of fans people really like her in the podcast yeah her candor and her her frankness it's just 
so badass. She is such a badass. No, it's like goals. It's very yeah. much like, oh, this is what we hope we all are like when we're 70 with, you know, <laughs> what did you say she has purple hair right now? <laughs> she did. She doesn't now, but she's she's a badass. So, you know. Yo, you got it. <laughs> I have a friend and he used to always say, my friend used to always say, I just want your mom to like rock me to sleep. She's so calming and cool like one of my friends from college who's kind of a comedian he'd always be like I just want her to like rock me to sleep (laughs) he's like I'm 37 and I I I need it now I just need it now Uh, well Jamie we're so excited to have you here as you said and we do a segment on the show called the friend flex and uh, that's a moment for you to, uh, you know, for us to lift you up um, and recognize what's going well and what's wonderful in your life at the moment. And we do love the series and we love that we're talking to you about it. So we wanted to give you a moment to sort of talk about the origin story um, uh, in a nutshell, because we are going to get into sort of friendship topic questions about it. But take a moment to brag about, um, you know, the show, what's happened for the series and leading up to any sort of recognition it's gotten. Well, thank you. Yeah, this we I always wanted to make something about West Virginia in the 1970s. And when I was really realized like combining the true crime element with this sort of time and place, which was this crazy back to the land upbringing that I had, I put them together and was able to make the show. And, um, and it's eight episodes and we got into Tribeca, which I was saying earlier before we got on. It's just amazing because there's not a lot of film festivals that have embraced podcasting, even though they all should. And I think they mm-hmm. all will. So we were so, it, I mean, that was just exciting and really good for the show and really good for us because it does give you some, some press and it just helps you get word of mouth out. And then we got special jury mention at the awards, as you said, and it's just been a crazy, I I always believed in the story and I am a storyteller. I have a film and television background, but you never know, you never know. Mm -hmm. And um, we've written articles for Rolling Stone and Newsweek and we get so many messages. Just, it really has hit people personally. We get a lot of messages from daughters saying it really reminds them of their mom or that they really that they really connect to that mother-daughter part which was a part I was not expecting that was sort of a Mm. silver lining of the whole uh experience was that that mother-daughter element or theme really connected with people but we've um as I said I have become a little bit of a social media whore um, but you know, it's just been fun to learn how to use Twitter and, you know, just get the word out. And every once in a while, a famous author will tweet about your show and you're just like, okay, like that's worth it. Um, but mostly I've just been hoping to make something on this for a long time. And it's just really nice to get it out there. Yeah. And I just, what has really hit me with, I was never there the entire, like the to- one of the biggest through lines for me, and it's maybe because Paul Levy and I talk about friendship at least two hours a week minimum due to the podcast, um, is that the the majority of the interviews are Marsha, Mud, Ferber's friends. And to hear all of the different angles, the different levels of anxiety, the loss, the fun, the laughter, I mean... For us here on WAF, we just had a fucking heyday on it. We were just like, to hear 
people talk about their friends, whether Marsha is alive or not today. You got to listen to really hear everything out. Just take me. I don't want to spoil anything, but just listen to it. It's a really great, great podcast, true crime podcast. And the color rainbow of the, you know, the changes of everybody and some friends that didn't want to go on record. Yeah. I mean, when you, I was saying, when you grow up communally, there's a lot of friends and family. They, friends become like family. So all of my parents' friends were like parents for us. And it's not just that you're friends, like with these people, my mom lived with all of these people, not all of them in the podcast, but like my mom and Marsha lived together. So there's like a certain sisterhood that develops Mm -hmm. that is like taking friendship to the next level. Um, But that's the beauty of communal living. I think there's pros and cons of it, of course, but, um, but these were very, very, very deep friendships and, and people who like really, who really cared about each other. Um, and that's why I really felt like my, it was my mom's story to tell, like I could tell it with her, but I felt like this was her friend and I didn't want to do it a disservice. And it was really that friendship that is so integral to the storytelling of the podcast uh, along with the mother daughter stuff. But, well, I mean, that was, you, you sort of segued into what I was going to ask is like, you know. We, we talk a lot about different dynamics and how, you know, chosen family versus given family, right? And how those friendships um, can be very different or are they even friendships? And so I guess my question to you is like, you know, because it was communal living and you saw these sort of very deep, meaningful, companionship-driven friendships from a very early age, like, would you say that there was a, maybe there was a gray line as to what was a parental relationship, which is a versus a friendship relationship with your own mother? Uh, I mean, my mom, no, I mean, I didn't know. My mom is my mom. I think I just grew up with a lot of, with not a lot of boundaries. So I think my mom was like, she was like, you're loved. And that love is what matters the most. And my parents mm. were good parents. I mean, they're good parents, but they didn't believe in a lot of structure, which I have a lot of anxiety. I don't know if anyone else does, but I do. And we, us anxiety people, we like structure. So, but no, I always knew like she was my mom and that these other people were friends, but we would, it was interchangeable just in like, Mm -hmm. we would stay at other people's houses or it was, there was a support system for the parents, Mm. which I miss now. I mean, I feel like I could use that. I'm always like, I wish I had more people in my building that where parenting was interchangeable (laughs) like if we could help support each other and all live in one house and they could take care of my kids and I could take care of their kids but I we always knew who our parents were and that that line was never crossed um I am very close with my mom would you say that uh so tell us a little bit about how that conversation went with your mom then when you asked to document the story in such a public way uh, well, my mom's up for anything. She is a very adventurous spirit. Uh, so she was always like, well, if you want to do it, I'll do it. Like, I don't think she had any idea what she was getting herself into. Uh, first of all, the true crime part is, you know, it's scary. Sometimes you're talking to people or you're calling people and you're like, oh, like you could have been the murderer. Like you could have done something bad. So that was kind of scary. Um, 
but she was totally game yeah. and she wants to make another one. She's like, when are we making another one? You're uprooting things. Yeah, you're uprooting things that might have been buried, even emotionally. <laughs> I don't. Well, either. I mean, we have gotten called about some true crime stories. And I'm like, uh, like, do I really want to make another true crime story? But I just want to tell good stories and uh, figure out what's the best story to tell with her if we do another one together. But she's game. She's like, when are we doing another one? I'm like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Like on another true crime or another like totally different podcast. That face you just made is like, mom. <laughs> well, here here's another question that deals with friendship uh, that, that kind of like jumped out on me when I heard this episode. I believe it was like three or four where everyone's quoting everything they learned from mud. And, and one of them was practice free love, but never fall in love. And... You know, whether it be polyamory or whatever it is when it comes to those non-rules or rules, how do we ladies, like us three, feel about having sex with our platonic relationships? Is it possible? Is it not possible? I think it's hard, personally. Yeah. You know what? I'd, I would I would give it a shot just to see how I feel about it. I don't know that I know it. <laughs> uh, let's try it. Let's like, see I don't what know. happens. But it's not like a question that we're forced to ask each other, right? Because like, I guess in this environment, like that was just sort of part of it. So it was like, before you even get to know somebody, if you're part of this community, you want to be part of this community, it kind of feels like you had to question that, right? Um, Jamie? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was just part, I think some of it was the, just the time period also that it was just like, that's kind of what you did. And uh, people were much more, maybe more experimental, which is totally cool and fun and sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't like in Marsha's case it ended in divorce but I, I have a friend now actually a very close friend that I grew up with and her parents were also hippies and believed in free love and it totally worked for them they had multiple partners and now she's kind of dipped her toe into that and it's not working um and so I don't know I think it probably it's I, so I think they're it's very complicated yeah but the idea is kind of fun. <laughs> but there was, the, I mean, Gabrielle and I wrote this down because, yeah. you know, that was, it was something that Marsha went through, right? Right. Where like, you know, Sam fell in love and left Marsha, right? And, and it, and in, in the story, like in the story that you tell, it kind of was a huge part of why she yeah. had to go. Yeah. I mean, she was, I think she was, Believe me, everyone there was participating in this free love. Maybe not every single person, but many mm -hmm. of them were, and um, and including Marsha, to be honest, you know. And yeah. but I think it was you weren't supposed to fall in love, and but that's hard. I mean, how do you? How can you predict yeah. that? How can you predict that? That's the scariest part. I think for me would be like, well, you don't know how this is going to turn out, and like. You can't really control your emotions. So I don't know, it could go one way, it could go another way. So it's something that seems just fun in the beginning, like all of a sudden you're like, oh, I really like that person more than I thought I was going to. And then all of a sudden you're like, uh, yeah, I think it's comp it's complicated <laughs> to say the Bring least. Bring it. Let's see what happens. <laughs> well, how and how can you finish? I mean, how can you, um, even if you are in a platonic sex vibe, if you fall in love, you fall in love. I mean, you can't resist that. Woohoo! Good one. That was a good one, Gabrielle. You threw that in there. 
<laughs> Pallavi, stay tuned, you guys. Season seven. We'll get some we'll get some updates. <laughs> Don't panic. It's organic, Pallavi. So one of the final questions I have that Pallavi and I have for you when it comes to what you learned um, creating this beautiful piece of work and what what we learned listening to your piece of work was how well do we really know our friends? There was so there were so many answers and so many comments and so much dialogue with I thought she wouldn't come back or she always did that or she never Marsha would come back. Oh, and then one day she just said, you know, actually, no, now that I think about it, she did say one day I'll never I'll be gone for two weeks. And all of that really gets kind of spooky to kind of go back into your log of your own friendships that there are a lot of mysteries with your own friends. Would you say, Jamie, that you have some. Now that you were invested and you were thinking in this junior detective way, did you go back and kind of diagnose your friendships or reassess them? Well, I don't think any of my friends were as wild as Marsha, but I ha- I did have a kind of wild, t- I was a wild teenager for sure. But uh, I just, like I did that disappearance is pretty mysterious. And I'm not sure that anyone, any of my friends have ever lived up to that level of mystery. But um, but I think we all have different ways. We deal with each friend in a different way because each one serves a different purpose for us. Like I have my school friends, I have my work friends, I have, and of course, none of them know me fully. Um, and but she was a special. She's this. She was definitely a special case, and I, I'm not sure anyone is quite quite like her. Um. And I think also there was the, the drug dealing and stuff, which was added a whole other layer to, to her needing to be secretive. And I think she she enjoyed the secret, you know, being secretive. Um, mm. I'd like to say, yeah, I mean, maybe I should be looking at my friends in a different way. This is actually, I'm like, hmm. Who do I have <laughs> questions about? <laughs> maybe I should. Where were you? Where were you in 1984? <laughs> But it was, but it was interesting to see my mom go through that because Marsha was one of her best friends. So she said, like, like to see her, to see her learn all these things and be like, oh, I guess I didn't know that person as well as I thought. And to kind of see her go through all the stages of like questioning it and then ending up still with a lot of love for her. Um, But she definitely Mm -hmm. didn't know everything that was in that podcast, in our podcast for sure. And I'm sure there's yeah. still a lot we don't yeah. know. Um, but maybe I need to find some more mysterious friends or something. <laughs> we're all so boring now. We'll have you also back on season seven for an update. Yeah, exactly. You said we're boring. Your friends are boring. No, they're not. <laughs> uh, you know, my friends, I lived in, I have very wild teenage years and I, at some point I had to grow out of those years, maybe in my thirties and then had my kids. And then I think, you know, I don't know. Now I feel like maybe I am boring, although I maybe I lived my exciting life in my in my teens and my twenties. <laughs> yeah, I feel like when we're at this stage in life though, it's like, you know, we we go through so many life changes. We're at a certain point in our lives where moms were working, women were living in cities, in all this stuff. Like there's so many elements. And I feel like, you know, and, and this is something that your mom says actually. It's like, you know, she said she's planning to leave, but I don't buy it. Like I don't buy it. You know, and like that, I don't buy it thing. It's like, you know, we want to be, 
we want to convince ourselves that we know what's best for our friends, what we, what our friends are doing, like what we know about them or we know them, you know, maybe better than they know them. Like, I don't know, like depending on the depth of the friendship. And so like, and, and I can say that like, whenever she said, you know, I don't buy it, I was like, oh, there's plenty of things that like, you know, people will do, like my friends will do, or they'll make a move. They'll start dating somebody. They'll take a, take a new job and they'll be like, I really am excited about this. And I'll be like, hmm. I don't think you're at, I don't think that's going to go as well as you think it is. I don't buy it, (laughs) you know, but our job in the moment as their friend is just to like, you know, just, just love them, I guess. And like in your mom's case, it was like, wherever you are, Marsha, I love you. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes Um, it is. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, I want to move into our very last segment. Lightning Wolf. What's your favorite on-screen friendship? Um, I was thinking a lot about the Golden Girls. And funny enough, I was thinking a lot about Sophia and Dorothy because they're also a mother-daughter. And um, I felt mm-hmm. like that kind of reminded me of me. I mean, we're not Italian, but it reminded me of me and my mom and these like close, intimate friendships that you can have with your parents. And they really had that on that show. And I just love, I, I love all the Golden Girls, but but they have that mother-daughter, which is connected also to my story. In one word or hyphenate, what kind of friend are you? Loyal. What would you like to do better as a friend? Oh, so many things. Um, be a better listener, I think. And finally, Jamie, our iconic question, what are friends for? <laughs> to drink with, to have fun. <laughs> um that's I feel like as nodding it back to the champagne I need nodding exactly. it back to the champagne that's what I'm like what are my friends for right now my friends are to like meet me for a drink and like get me out of my of my world of like child rearing and to just like have fun and laugh and laughter I think laughter we should have you for a virtual drink whenever you want because we we're a fan of the of the rosé <laughs> <laughs> or when you know when you're receiving awards in Los Angeles, we'll have a drink. We'll we'll take you out for it. Everybody, go check out "I Was Never There." Award-winning, great episodes. Check it out, and also go follow Karen. She's got a big, huge fan base as well as Jamie. Tweet to Jamie. She loves it. as well as thank you all for reviewing, subscribing to What Are Friends For because you guys help us get it all out there, and you help other people you know, check their friendship adulting as they listen to our podcast. So thanks, Jamie Zellemeyer, for coming on today to the pod. Thank you so much for having me. See you next time. Bye, new friend. Bye. One, two, three, four. This episode was produced by Team Access Productions and Fast Nickel Inc. and presented by Hoo Ha Ha. Our co-producer is Anna Daniker. Our consulting producers are Kathleen Cho, Rose Harwood, and Philip Pisanchin. Head of production is Emily Albright. Digital content director is Susie Cabello. Our digital production assistant is Daniela Aredia Vega. Our podcast artwork is created by Arshwarya Sukesh. Original music is by Joey Sherman. And special thanks to Hari Savitala and Sara Khan. Don't forget to check out the Hoo Ha website to listen to WAF and all things women-led comedy. And as always, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you're listening now. This helps our show's visibility and helps us keep making it for you. And find us on all the socials, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and even Twitter at WAF Podcast. That's W-A-F-F Podcast. To find links to our exclusive vodcasts, live shows, shop merch, or even text us, visit WAFPodcast.com. We truly appreciate you all checking in with us online. But you know that friend that you've been like, ah, I really haven't checked in with them in a while. Go do that. Yeah. 
Go do that now.